0: You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning. Welcome to Cypher Christian Church. It's really great to see you guys this morning. It's been a busy weekend for most of us, so it's great to take time and, and just breathe. If you're a guest this morning, we're especially glad you're here. You'll find in the back of the pew a connection card, and if you'll take a few minutes, fill that out put it in the basket, we'd love to reach out to you. Also, there's a welcome desk in the foyer that if you'll stop there on the way out, they have a gift for you. Um, My name is Donna and I'm an admin in the office. I'm also um, been a member of Cypher Christian Church for about 15 years. And as you can imagine, and you've been through probably in your life, 15 years brings a lot of great times of celebration. It also brings um, times of challenge. And in 15 years being part of this church, I can tell you that my family and I have shared in those successes with all of you and we've also shared our challenges. And one of the challenges I remember most is when my my father passed away and I, I remember thinking there were days, I don't know how I got Jonathan to school. You're just in this fog, right? But it's through the friends that I have here and the relationships that carry you through that And that really starts by getting involved in some of the activities we have to meet people. It's the relationships that you'll find so valuable. And it's also in the hope that we have in Christ, the hope we have in heaven. Which reminds me that we're starting a new series today called The Hope of Heaven. I think that you'll get so much out of it. I'm looking so forward to it myself. If you um, got a bulletin, if you'll look through here, you'll find there's a lot of great activities going on. A lot of great ways to get plugged in. Today, our uh, students are leaving for a mission trip called CSM. It's actually here in Houston. But if you'll be praying for them, if you've got a student going, we will definitely be praying for them throughout the week. Um, There's also a backpacking trip coming up that Dale is going to be leading. So um, it's going to be a great time. There's actually still time to sign up for that, I believe. So you can go to the um, sci Fair Christian org events page and you'll find all of our events listed the ladies have a event this monday night for michelle riggs the riggs family is going to be moving for a while and they're doing a potluck dinner for michelle so if you'd love to be part of that please come monday night they'd love to have you um, be a part of that um, there's also a grief share um, class it's starting up in august it's going to be every sunday afternoon And that helps us deal with some of the losses that come along in life. Um, So at this time, if you'll stand, find someone maybe you haven't met, shake their hand, hug their neck. (laughs) We have a baptism
1: this morning. Would you turn your eyes toward the center?
2: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on in. It's (laughs) Come on, Dan, why don't you join us? These are my new friends, Jennifer and Gannon Mobley, and um, this is a really, really special day, Um, something that Jennifer has been looking forward to for a long, long time, and she decided that today was the day she's going to take a step of faith and publicly declare in front of God and everyone that Jesus is her Savior. And so um, it's not only an important day because of that, but it's also her birthday. And so really cool. What's even more awesome is and her son is going to do the same thing here today and yesterday was his birthday. So we're excited to celebrate this here today. And so, um, Gannon, why do want you to step right there and mom, why don't you come here and I'm just going to uh, ask you a question. We talked about this this week and, um, she's so excited to do this. So, uh, Jennifer, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? the Son of the living God, and your personal Lord and Savior.
1: I do. You do? Yeah.
2: All right, Jennifer. Well, based on that confession, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Take a step back here Gannon. you ready to do this? All right. I'm going to ask you a simple question. We talked about this too. Do you believe, Gannon? that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and do you take him today as your personal Lord and Savior? You do? All right, Gannon. Based on those words, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Uh, blessing to see you all here, there's no doubt about it. Uh, this is a little quick devotional on giving, and uh, it's also really about receiving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I think we're, I think we're geared where God has geared us to give but let me just leave that with you. But please give. Your resources, you know, you, the financial and, and the other ways in which you give uh, are a blessing and, um, and needed. Speaking of birthdays, it was my birthday on the 5th, and for the longest time, I thought all those fireworks... <clears throat> oh, you know the fireworks on the 4th of July? I thought that was for me. It <laughs> Turns out I was wrong, and uh, you know it's because of my accent and where I'm coming from, I pr- probably got that wrong, but, um, <laughs> but we talk about uh, the 4th of July and the birth of a, of, a, of a nation that is a tremendous nation, full of tremendous people, givers, no doubt. And uh, I came in about 1991, make it short. 2006, I became a US citizen, right? And if I look on that certificate that I got, there's there's small print, and in small print it says, and entitled to be admitted to citizenship. And a little bit further it says, having sworn an oath of allegiance. Fantastic. The day, the, the evening after I became a citizen, my neighbor, Mr. Harmon, who's a history teacher, knocks on my door. It's dark, I open the doors expecting nobody, and there's Mr. Harmon. And he sticks out his hand like this and says, welcome, and gives me a black plastic bag. And I pull out whatever was inside the black plastic bag, and inside there was a Stars and Stripes flag, folded in military style. And that was given to me by, by my neighbor as a welcome, as a piece of his family, it was given posthumously to his family, right, for somebody within his family that had died in one of the wars. You know, in that moment, I thought, wow. You know, is that, that, is, that is neighborly love right there. But it showed me the heart of a nation. So what good is that? It's huge when you're being welcomed. So at that point, I really felt admitted into the citizenship. But of course, we're in church and we talk about things eternal, not you know, the point at which I'm going to die and stop becoming an American citizen. Um, Ephesians 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Well, let stop and think about that. You know, I can take my neighbor in one context and I can take that in a whole eternal context. So in the giving and the receiving, there is a remembrance of Christ and what he did for us on the cross. that He took my sin. And um, I think that's where we come together in terms of worship, in terms of our giving, and in terms of our true receiving. So again, Ephesians 2.19 So then you are no longer, none of us here that have given ourselves to Christ. You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Let's pray. Lord, uh, when we recognize you in ways that silence us in the moment, we have a real sense for who it is you are and how it is that you impact our lives personally and we're so thankful Lord that in that personal relationship we come together in community and uh, in, in receiving the blessings of your salvation and your eternity and your presence in our lives today and tomorrow, and we thank you for that Jesus amen good morning. good morning and welcome
2: to cypher Christian Church how's everybody doing today? Good awesome. I heard awesome back there excellent so good to have you and uh, worship with you today and to to hear the voices and so i'm a really i'm really really excited about this morning i 'm really excited about the the uh, the new uh, series that we're in. You know, last week, we just concluded our series on learning from loss and learned that we're all just losers. And, uh, and it was like really depressing. And, uh, and then this Sunday, we're gonna be talking about uh, heaven and like dying. And so you're like, good grief, Kevin. Thanks for the pep talk, but this is getting old, right? Uh, well, I promise you that this series is gonna be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about some things that maybe you have questions about, maybe some things that you've never even considered or pondered. Today is, is the launch of this new series on heaven, and it's, it's going to be really fun. But more than just fun, it's really, really important. And you may think, why? Like why would heaven, is something so far off, so far removed from my situation for sure, the situation that I'm in right now that I'm struggling with, that I'm battling with, that I'm slogging through, this situation is really, really hard for me. Um, And so heaven is like so far removed that it doesn't really even affect me, does it? I mean, really, are we wasting our time? What does it have to do with me right now? And the answer is everything the answer is everything. It has to do with all of the struggles that you're going through all of the, the trouble that you're going through. The series, uh, we're gonna be talking about a lot of different topics, but sort of the jet thrusters that are behind this series, the sort of the, the, the propulsion behind the series is this one statement that I just wanna say right now that's gonna, that you're gonna be hearing later on today and multiple times and, and maybe even throughout the series is this, that what you think about eternity determines how you live today. think about that. What you believe about eternity and what happens after you die determines how you live right now. I mean, it shapes and defines everything that we experience in life. It shapes um, our hopes, our dreams, it shapes our struggles, it shapes our fears, it shapes um, all of the different things that you're going through. It shapes how you deal with loss, how you deal with conflict, how you deal with disease, how you deal with heartache, how you deal with your finances, how you deal with giving, how you deal with sacrificing, how you deal with all of those things. It shapes and defines and molds everything about your life. If you believe that one day you're going to be standing in the presence of of Jesus looking him in the face in all of his glory, in all of his his awe and wonder and majesty, you're gonna be standing there looking at him face to face, counted with all of the redeemed, all who have been covered by the blood of Jesus, saved by the blood of Jesus. You're standing there experiencing the treasures of heaven and all of their splendor for eternity. Then that's gonna shape how you deal with today, isn't it? On the other hand, if you think that you just cease to exist when you die, or that everyone gets into heaven, and there's not really a, a point, or that uh, you know, it's it's it, it, there's not a heaven, there's not a god, there's no purpose there's there's no nothing behind my life the reason for existence if that's what you believe then why not live for now why not just enjoy life to its fullest right now and it doesn't matter what you do and what you say and how you live and how you give and how you sacrifice and how you worship more importantly who you worship it doesn't matter so why not just live for now But if you believe that you're going to be standing there in the presence of Jesus, looking him in the eye, counted with the redeemed, experiencing the treasures of heaven for all eternity, it's going to determine how you live today. What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And so I want to start with a couple of scripture passages here this morning that are just going to sort of set the stage for for our, our sermon here today, for the message here today, and Rather than just sort of talking about heaven myself, let's see what the scripture says about it. These are Jesus' words. In John chapter 14, he says to his disciples, John chapter 14, one through six, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas, we all know Thomas, having trouble with this here, he's kind of struggling with it. He says, he says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we even know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So let's look at Revelation. This is Revelation chapter 21, verses one through seven. This is John's revelation of, of the kingdom of God. And he said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea, it was no more. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment, and the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's just pause for a moment and say a word of prayer before we enter in. Lord God, in heaven, we thank you for this day to gather together with your people to worship you. And we pray, Lord, that you would open up the heavens and that your presence would be among us here today, um, that your word would pierce our hearts, it would encourage us, it would challenge us, it would inspire us, oh God. And we pray that we would be changed as we leave here today. We thank you for the hope of heaven. We thank you for the promise of heaven. We thank you for the empty tomb, and we celebrate it here today. And, and I pray, Lord, that, that what we believe about eternity will shape how we live here today as we go out, moving us in power, oh God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to start with some assumptions about heaven. I think that that's, Dale and I, as we were preparing this series, we, we felt like that there was a lot to learn about heaven but there was a lot to unlearn about heaven. And so I wanna start sort of frame this with some assumptions about heaven. And I think the, the first one that we'll start with is this assumption number one, heaven will be boring. I mean, based on what most people think about heaven, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun, does it? It's hard to really get geared up about it. It's hard to get excited about it. I mean, if, if you're honest, right? And the more I thought about this, the more I realized that that is what Satan wants you to believe. That is what the enemy wants you to believe. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. Jesus said that it is his native tongue, this deception. In the beginning, actually before the beginning, God had three archangels. He had Gabriel, he had Michael, and Lucifer. You may not know that But Lucifer was one of those archangels. He was an angel of worship. And he was adorned in splendor and beautiful. Ezekiel says he was the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. But here's the problem. He sort of got full of himself. He was filled with pride and he fell in love with himself. And Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 14 that he eventually wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like God. And so the Lord cast him out of heaven with a third of the angels there from heaven, cast him out, banished him from heaven. And Satan so despises God, he so despises who he is and what he stands for and and what he took from him that he's gonna do anything and everything that he can to undermine God and his plan. Revelation 13, six says that, and is referring to the beast here, but the enemy, Satan, he blasphemes God, says he slanders his name, Satan slanders and, and blasphemes his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. And so Satan slanders three things, God's person, God's people and God's place, specifically heaven. And so if if I were the devil, I would convince you that hell is not a, a real place. And I would convince you that if there is a heaven, it's incredibly boring and you don't want to be there. And if you look around, I think in culture, maybe if you talk to your friends, maybe you have believe that lie yourself. I think Satan is accomplishing his purpose, isn't he? Because a lot of people believe that heaven is going to be boring. I mean, I think the common belief, the common conception of heaven is is that when we get there, it's going to be an incredibly long line at the pearly gates, like the DMV, maybe worse. You remember the song, when the roll is called up yonder? Any of you grew up in church singing hymns? I always thought that just sounds like we're going to be in class and Peter's going to be the substitute teacher and he's calling the roll and there's going to be millions of people and this thing is going to take forever. It sounds terrible. And Peter hands you your wings. He hands you your harp. He assigns you your cloud. And then he takes you on a tour of, of heaven. And you walk by all of these incredible mansions that have been built for all of these people who are so much better than you. And eventually escorts you to your shack that you're going to be living in. Right? Is, am, I, am I off base? I mean, this is a sort of the common belief about heaven. And it's probably why a lot of people don't look forward to it. Or at least don't like to think about it a lot. But heaven is anything but boring and we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff over the next few weeks we're just scratching the surface here this morning we're just scratching the surface we're not we're not answering all the questions but let me tell you heaven is going to be anything but boring heaven is the opposite of boredom the opposite of boredom heaven is the absence of evil and the presence of god And so everything that you enjoy on earth, everything that you love, everything that you look forward to, if you're a foodie and you're planning out your week and you're shopping at uh, 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 H-E-B Central Market or Whole Foods and dropping down this cash on this food that you're so looking forward to, if, if you are a person who enjoys nature and beauty and you can't wait for your summer vacation to go to Yosemite or, or if you, um, all of the things that you look forward to, all of them, you will experience without the presence of evil. Now think about that. I mean, a lot of those things are good, things that you enjoy, but they have sin attached to them. They're from this world and so they are all sort of, they fall short. And so all of the things that you enjoy in this world are pointing toward heaven and you're gonna get to enjoy them in their complete, ultimate, you know, uh, uh, fruition there without the presence of evil. You'll be standing in heaven. There will be no sorrow. There will be no sadness, there will be no evil, there will be no dissatisfaction. Here's one, there's not gonna be any anxiety. How many of you live a day-to-day existence just like worried about stuff? In fact, you can't even fully enjoy things because this this other thing is on your mind, whether it be work or finances or relationships or just sort of the fear of the unknown. You're gripped by anxiety and fear. How many of you just just can't even sleep at night? Heaven is gonna be the absence of fear and anxiety and worry. (sighs) It's gonna be the absence of heartache. It's gonna be the absence of Mondays. It's gonna be the absence of humidity, of 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 bad hair days, all of those things. What you love and enjoy on earth will be what you love and enjoy in heaven with the absence of evil. We're gonna have new bodies. I'm gonna have a tan, y'all? Thank you. Now, some argue that we can't know what heaven is going to be like. Some argue that it's not possible. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 is one that they sort of often reference and says, says, but it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man, imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. I said, we're not gonna know because no one has ever seen it. It's gonna be the most incredible, beautiful thing and most perfect thing that that we have ever experienced. And nobody can even fathom or understand it, but they stop there. The next verse says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And so this verse actually argues the opposite, that heaven is revealed in God's word, we may not understand it fully. Randy Alcorn wrote that, that, that while heaven gives us, uh, an, it gives us enough information to at least have a, have a basis, an accurate basis for what heaven is, but it doesn't give us so much information that we can wrap our minds around it. But there is scripture in the Bible that we can look to that describes Heaven. And so what I I hope happens by the time we're finished with this series is that your picture of heaven, your vision of what heaven is, isn't based upon pop culture. It's not based upon movies, even Christian movies. It's not based upon books that you've read. It's not based upon cartoons. It's not based upon what you've heard or what you think. That you have a biblical basis for what heaven is like. We're going to be talking about this because it matters. It matters. It determines how we live our lives today. And I believe that God gave us imaginations to take what he's given us and just be inspired to, to imagine what it's going to look like. And by the end of the series, you're, you're not just going to be looking at the clouds to, to imagine what heaven's going to look like. You're going to be looking to the world around you to the good things that you experience in life, to the beautiful things that you experience in life. And imagine what those things are gonna be like with the absence of evil. I believe that God expects us to use our imaginations even if we have limitations. Too often, we've been taught that heaven is just sort of the spiritual realm though and it can't have real gardens and real cities and real buildings and, and, and real things in it, which is one of the reasons it's hard for us to imagine because we're physical beings, right? So think about this. When God created Adam, he molded him out of dust, right? He, he molded him out of clay and created Adam. And then what did he do? Then he breathed life into him breathe the spirit of life into his nostrils. The reason I say that is because we are physical beings just as much as we are spiritual beings. And if the physical didn't matter to God, then I don't think he would have done it that way. And I don't think that Jesus would have come in the flesh in a physical body to live among us and have his physical body crucified to a physical cross and then be resurrected into a physical body that was exalted But a physical body, if the physical physical body didn't matter to God, then why why would he do it that way? And so heaven is going to be more than just this sort of spiritual realm where we're sort of these disembodied spirits floating around. Heaven's going to have physical properties. And it will be the earth resurrected in its It's perfect state, the new earth. And everything that you feel, everything that you experience, everything that you taste, everything that you see, all of these things are gonna be a glimpse of what that's gonna be like one day. And so the first assumption is that heaven is going to be boring. But let me tell you, heaven is anything but boring. It's the opposite of boring. It's the absence of evil and the presence of God. Assumption number two is this, that, well, just everyone is gonna go to heaven. Everyone is going to heaven, and so it, it doesn't really make a difference. All around the world, there are people who believe this, that most people are gonna go to heaven. It doesn't matter what I do, as I said earlier. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter how I live. It has no consequence because we're all gonna go to heaven, right they believe that lie that that there there is no other alternative that we all go there a lot of them based on just sort of the good things that we do and that determines how they live there's a study by pew research that says 72 percent of americans believe in heaven and it's defined as this where people who have led good lives are eternally rewarded and so good people go to heaven right I mean, I'm not a bad person. I haven't done a whole lot of uh, terrible things. I haven't stolen. I I haven't cheated. I'm not a drug dealer. I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't done those kinds of things. I'm not a bad person. And so heaven is the default destination for us, right? Heaven is the default place that we're gonna go, right? No. Jesus said this, He said, broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction and many people are on it. There are a lot of people on this path. But he says, narrow is the road and small is the gate that leads to life and few people find this one. The truth is that good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven when they die. Romans 323. I want to put the scripture on the screen for us. Do we have the whole scripture? It says this For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short. We've all messed up. We all know the lives that we've led. And we all fall short of God's standard. We're not good people. And the closer you get to God, the more you understand the holiness of God and the more you see your sinful state, right? The more you you realize that you are a sinful person and none of us can come into the presence of God. We're not good, we all fall short. But check this out, verse 24. Verse 24 says, and are justified, we all fall short. We've all sinned and all fallen short of the glory of God, and, but we are all justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Go back to uh, 3.23, that first verse there. We have all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, but we're justified by his grace. We are justified by the grace of God. It's, we're not justified by our righteousness. We're not justified by our good works, our good deeds, the great things that we have done. We are justified by his grace, it says. Not in our religious efforts God in his grace makes us able to stand before him, covered in the blood of Jesus. And he did this through the sacrifice of Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sins. Because God presented Jesus as a once for all atonement for our sins. A once for all atonement for for the sins that we have committed. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to me but through him. Good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. Those who've accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, who recognize the sin in their lives, they recognize that they cannot save themselves, that they're not good themselves, that they need a Savior forgiven people go to heaven, which leads me to my third assumption. And that's this, that I can never be sure that I'm going to heaven. How can I be sure? How can I, how can I be sure that I'm, I'm going, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. This is my third and final point, by the way. So we're we're, we're moving at a pretty good clip here today. We're gonna to be finishing early. My wife always reminds me, you know, Kevin, nobody's gonna be disappointed if you uh, end early, okay? <laughs> so we're, we're probably gonna end a little early today. But I think this is a really, really important one. Heaven, I can't be sure that I'm, I'm gonna go there. Can I? Can I? yes. You can, yes, you can. Jesus made the way, but all you have to do is choose what you want more. Do you want this world, or do you want eternity? Do you want what this earth has to offer, or do you want the treasure of heaven for all eternity? Think about it this way. Think about, think about this rope as a timeline. You've got eternity past, as far back as you can imagine. I mean, before there was time, before creation, before Genesis, as far back as you can think, eternity past. And then you've got eternity future. After everything is gone, after everything disappears, you've got eternity for as far as you can fathom. And where are you? Where are you? You've got mankind right here. Right? You've got Genesis, Genesis, here in the beginning. God creates the heavens and the earth, creates Adam, breathes life into his nostrils. He got Adam and Eve. He got the the sin of Adam and Eve and God banishes them from the garden and says, this this sin now has separated us from one another and and you can't stand in my presence anymore. And so God initiates a, a, a redemption plan And you've got all the prophets. You've got the Old Testament. You've got, you know, Ezekiel and Isaiah and Obadiah and all those, Hezekiah, all those guys. And then you've got Jesus somewhere in here. You've got Jesus, then you have uh, the the resurrection and and then you have the the renaissance maybe. You've got the Industrial Revolution somewhere in here. You've got... uh, World War 1 and World War 2 You've got you got the 2017 World Champion Houston Astros in here Right And where are you right now Right here You got Eternity past As far back as you can imagine, as far back as you can think, you got eternity future, as far as you can fathom, and you got you, right here. You want what this world has to offer? Or do you want eternity? That's what we have to choose here. Do you want to be sure that you're going to heaven, all you have to do is place your faith in Jesus. All you have to do is place your life in his hands to surrender to his goodness. There are some of you in here who are under this fear, this this weight. Some of you who were maybe even raised in the church and you've, you've heard the gospel a thousand times, but you're still under this weight of condemnation. The Bible tells us that there's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you need to be freed from this fear because it doesn't matter how many good things you do, it doesn't matter how many good deeds you do. Let me ask you this question How good is good enough? If that's the case, how good is good enough? How much sin will God allow into heaven? Just a little bit? How good do you have to be? Man, that's a weight. That's, a, that's something that's crushing and you don't even like to think about it. You need to be released from that fear here today. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that God sent to this world. He took on flesh He was righteous, he was perfect. He was the lamb, the unblemished lamb who took the sacrifice that you could not take, that you could not make. He died in our place. He's crucified for us, sacrificed his life for us. He was dead and he was buried And in three days, he rose again and he conquered the grave. Why? So that people like me and you who are sinners can experience eternity with him in his presence, in all of his glory, in all of his splendor, in all of his majesty, in all of his beauty to experience all of the treasures that he has to offer. And all you have to do is choose him over that to surrender your life to him. And so today you can you can break the lies of Satan. You can you can undo that that condemnation that I'm not I'm not good enough. No, you're not good enough, but Jesus is. And he died in our place so that we could have life, so you could be sure that you are going to heaven, not based on your righteousness, right? Not based on your good deeds, but based on his grace. Based on the righteousness of Jesus, you can be sure that you are going to heaven. And you can make that decision today, like right now. Right now, today, and you know what? Don't be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. Paul, that's what he says in Romans. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation, he says. Acts tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. If you believe it in your heart, if you believe that Jesus paid the price for you, and you confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. Maybe this morning, you've never actually done that. And this morning, you can. These are why we have these services, to gather together to preach the gospel to one another. You're preaching it to me as we're singing these songs. All my fountains, God, are not in this world. They're not in what this earth has to offer. They're in you. All of the things that I want and all the things that will satisfy me are not found in this world. They're all gonna fall short. They're all a shadow. They're a mist. They're a vapor. They just disappear. But what you have for me will be established forever. And so this morning, you can make the decision to place your faith in Jesus and to be sure that you're going to heaven. to be in the presence of God without any evil, without any sorrow, without any heartache, without any anxiety, without any fear, to be in the presence of heaven. Is it okay that we think about heaven so much? It is, you know why? Because Jesus is the treasure of heaven. And it's okay to think about standing in his presence because it determines how you live today. Heaven will not be boring. Undo, unlearn that lesson that you've been taught. Heaven is anything but boring, but it's also not the default destination. And you can be sure that you're going to heaven. This world is not your home. If you are in Christ, this world is not your home. This is not what matters. It's gone like a mist. And so you can say today, together, God, help me live for what matters most. Help me live for what will last. Help me not live for this this shadow, this mist, this vapor, but help me live for eternity. And so God, we come to you here this morning and we thank you and praise you for what you did for us in Christ Jesus. And as we we take communion and as the communion servers come forward and our prayer partners come forward, God, I pray that we would just, we would have a vision of what heaven is, the treasure that it is, the beauty that it's going to be, the party that it's going to be. Lord, it is anything but boredom. It's the opposite of boredom everything that we experience here on earth Lord is just a glimpse of what it's going to be like in the new heaven and the new earth and so we look forward to that day Lord and we just pray that you'd give us strength for it to shape our lives and define our lives today for those who've never accepted Christ for those who've never really placed their faith in Jesus and and said you know what I am a sinner and I can't save myself, and I need Jesus. And I don't want just what this world has to offer. I want what you have to offer me, God. And for those people here this morning, I pray that you would, you would speak to them and that they would place their faith in Jesus. I pray that there'd be people here today who would see Jennifer and Gannon's example here today, and they'd say, you know what? I wanna publicly declare it in front of you and everybody that I'm a follower of you, God, not of this world. And I want to be baptized. Maybe you're on the outskirts. Maybe you're just on the fringe here today, Father. And I I pray that those people here today that are on the the perimeter, Lord, would engage in your church and the things that that matter. Lord, help us to unlearn uh, what pop culture tells us about heaven. What we, what we think heaven will be like, what we hope heaven will look like, and help us um, to have a biblical basis for heaven and for it to shape the way we live here today. As we take communion, Father, we will be reminded of Jesus' sacrifice, and we thank you for it. We thank you that it, that the penalty of sin has been removed, and we will stand in your presence forever because there is an empty tomb. And so we celebrate you, Lord, today with the Lord's Supper. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Our communion servers are gonna be right up here in front. And we take communion by dipping it, dipping the bread, break off the piece of bread and they'll say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And then you'll take that bread and dip it in the cup and then say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Our prayer partners are here as well in between and they're gonna be in the back. They're gonna be available after the service as well. I encourage you, if you wanna make a decision for Jesus today, maybe to accept him as your Lord and Savior, maybe to be baptized, maybe to, to, to become a member of this church. pray that you make that decision during this time. And if you just need prayer, if you're struggling, this, this world has just got like a vice grip on you and you need prayer, you need to, to, to be with the, the body of believers and be lifted up, our prayer partners are available for you to do that here today as well. And we pray that you would take advantage. We invite you to come. I just want to close reading this scripture one last time as we consider what we just sang and what we will see. John says... I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, "Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be His people." God himself will be with them as their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eye and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Lord, we thank you for this word. Send us out, Father, to live our lives in light of eternity. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.